Heavenly Father, we praise your holy name. You are worthy of all of our praise, Lord, and your goodness and kindness visits us today and every day, Lord. Your mercies are new every day. This is the day that you have made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it, Lord. So you are so good. You inhabit our praises, Lord. Thank you for your grace and mercy that never runs out. Thank you for your love that pursues us. And this morning, Lord, as we come to worship you, we worship you in spirit and in truth, Lord. We know that we worship you and our worship is a sweet smelling aroma to you, God. It's pleasing to you and that's our desire this morning. Lord, we pray as we get into your word that your word would get into us, Lord. We pray that you would transform us by the renewing of our minds. We pray that your word would be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path, Lord. And we give you all the glory that is due your name this morning. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. All right, can you say hello to a couple people before you sit down? All right, come on in and have a seat, please. All right, uh, go ahead and have a seat. And uh, just a couple announcements before we get started, but uh, just to remind you, everything that you need to know should be in the bulletin, and you can see that online as well. We have a QR code you could scan, and... Um, you could also go to our website online. But uh, this morning, we have a guest speaker, and uh, I'll be stepping out in a moment. Just want to give you a little info on our guest speaker. There are people that run away from danger and people that run towards danger. Pastor Brian is one who runs towards danger, and uh, he is literally done that as an evangelist uh, beginning from Calvary Costa Mesa under Pastor Chuck Smith and uh, in his uh, employment there as a missionary for Calvary Costa Mesa he used to go around the world and preach the gospel to all these different places until he landed in the place that God was calling him permanently at least while he's doing it and that's in Haiti. And Pastor Brian has been ministering in Haiti, the gospel, uh, for quite a while now. And uh, it's interesting because I was talking to Pastor Brian and his lovely wife, Sophia, back there uh, yesterday. And some of the most amazing experiences that I've had with God have been with Pastor Brian. Some of the things that we've been able to do with him in Haiti and preaching and sharing the gospel and some of the most dangerous uh, almost being killed times have been with Pastor Brian as well and uh, that's uh, I'm not kidding either that's it's real and so uh, we've been uh, over the years and, and recently we've been talking about Haiti and some of the things that have been going on there Pastor Brian has uh, given us a recent update how the gangs have, had taken over Haiti after the assassination of the president. The gangs were ruling and controlling everything 
Sophia there, her parents uh, live there in Haiti now and um, continue to do that. But then the people rose up to fight back against the gangs. And so the people have sort of taken over for the gangs. But that just kind of gives you an idea of, of how difficult and crazy it is in, um, in need of the gospel. So Pastor Brian's ministry, which we support as a church, so as you give your tithes and offerings, part of that goes to his ministry. And I also encourage you individually, if you want to support his ministry, I encourage you to do that because what he does is he gets local Haitian men from the island with recommendations and vetting and they come to the Bible training center that God has graciously allowed Pastor Brian to um, have there a secure location with a guard and a gate which you need there and to raise up young men how do they train these young men they just go through the Bible that's all they do they go through the Bible and they serve and then they send them out back to their local uh, places of residence, and they start churches there. And so they've been starting churches uh, throughout the island of Haiti. And so an amazing ministry. And so Brian's going to be here to share what the Lord has put on his heart. And so if you will welcome my friend, Pastor Brian, up here. Amen. Let's pray, Lord, we come before you today, Lord, and you say in your word that wherever two or three are gathered in your name, that you're here in the midst. The Lord thy God in the midst of thee, the mighty one will save. Lord, you're here. And because of what you did on the cross, Lord, by shedding your blood and dying and rising from the dead, Lord, you... The veil is torn. And because of you, Jesus, now we can come boldly into the throne room of grace to tame help and mercy in our time of need. Amazing. We have access to the throne. And so, Lord, I would just pray that you'll bless my brothers and sisters today. Let them get their eyes on you, Lord. Fix their problems and give them grace. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Well, that's it. <laughs> amen. You know, um, we work in the island of Haiti. It's interesting, one time I was speaking at a church, and the pastor said, now I want to welcome Pastor Brian from Hades. I go, no, not Hades, man. <laughs> Haiti. <laughs> Don't say that, right? But it's, it's an amazing place. You know, in Isaiah 61, when Jesus began his ministry, he said, you know, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor and to heal the brokenhearted, right? set the captives free and open the prison doors to those who are bound. You know, Haiti, it's the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere. Uh, when I first 
landed in Haiti, there was two million people living in tents. Just to give you an idea of what Haiti's like right now, they've been out of gasoline for five or six months. And you think, oh man, gas prices, right? Gas, gas sells for 35 bucks a gallon on the street. They go and get it from Dominican Republic in 50 gallon drums, 35 bucks. We paid three, 100 bucks for three gallons. No gas. So that means no generators to run the cell sites. So there's no cell service. No cars to bring the food in and out. No to bring the clean water. And man, it's like, this place, it's, it's unbelievable. I was like, you know, it, it's in Haiti, unless it's a miracle. There's a phrase in Haiti, Beni Swati Tunnel, all glory to God. Unless it's a total miracle, it's not going to happen. And I love that because then God gets the glory, amen? amen? And he needs the glory. Listen, you know, it's... says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, right? He didn't consider it robbery to be equal with God, but he made himself of no reputation in coming in the form of a servant, a bondservant. In the form of a man, he humbled himself to the point of death, even the death of the cross. And because of that, God has given him a name which is above all names. And at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. And every tongue will confess. There's power in the name of Jesus. Amen? Amen. There's power. Our, you know, it's amazing. We, we In Haiti, they come to me and they go, Pastor Brian, Pastor Brian. Guo. Guo means big. Guo problem. Guo problem. I hear it all the time. Guo problem. Guo problem. I said, no, not guo problem. Two pitsy problem. Small problem. Guo God. Amen? Guo God. <laughs> Amen? Hey, we got to, we got to, our God is an awesome God. And it's amazing because the things that he does, it's, unless, I'm telling you, unless it's a miracle, everybody, to give you an idea, 95% of all organizations that started in Haiti are now gone. Everybody that had an amazing plan, everybody that had all kinds of money, the planning and all this, they're, they're all gone. There's vacant missions everywhere. Because in Acts 5, they said, hey, listen, if this is of man, it's going to fail. But if this is of God, you cannot stop it, and you might find yourself fighting against God himself. Amen? Listen, I know one thing. I mean, I'm not that smart, right? But I know one thing. God called me to go to Haiti. I wouldn't, this was definitely not my idea, right? I went on a short-term mission trip there, um, and, and it, was, it was after the earthquake that killed like 250,000 people, and there was 2 million people living in tents, and it was on that trip that God, I, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. God spoke to me and gave me a vision for the nation of Haiti. I was doing mission work. We were doing short-term mission trips. And I was, you know, I'd always think, I wonder if I'll be a full-time missionary. I remember once we were at the Philippines. There was, we were 
on the beach. I think we were swimming. There was these little huts. And I go, the food was amazing. I told my friend, I could be a missionary here, dude. This is unbelievable. You can come and visit and stay in one of these huts. Well, that was the extent of my full-time missions, amen? There is no way I would have chose, chose Haiti. I mean, when God started calling me to Haiti, I was like, nah, 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 nah. No, man. No, 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 not here, Lord. You can't do this to me. <laughs> amen? Please, how about Tahiti or something, right? Not here. What he? and, and, you know, it's amazing because... In Haiti, one of, one of the ways it's, it's so difficult to work is if you're, if you're in, want to do work like in health, in the health in, in field, you need authorization from the Minister of Health. But the Minister of Health is like one of our senators. You know, he's like, for us to go see Tom or Ted Cruz or something, it'd be impossible to get to him. He's got, we might get to his staff. But to get to him, it would be very difficult, right? In Haiti, it's worse. The, the minister of health, he'll drive by in an entourage of 20 vehicles. You can't get near him. So nobody can get authorization to do health, anything. Somebody wants to build a hospital, build a clinic. They're basically doing it illegal because you need authorization from the minister of health to legally do it. And it's the same thing with religion. The Baptist, the Lutheran. All, a lot of denominations have tried to work in Haiti, but they never could get to the minister of religion to get authorization. I was on a short-term trip. God called me, gave me the vision for Haiti. Oh, man, after I wrestled with God for a while, right, I finally said yes. I went back to the States, gave away all my stuff, and then three weeks later, I went in to start the Haiti Bible Training Center. But the interesting about it, God gave me a vision to make disciples and plant churches in voodoo villages. And uh, we had a few different places, places, facilities we could choose from. We just so ended up getting the place that belonged, leasing this place, that belonged to the minister of religion. <laughs> Bingo! It's like, it's like, man, are you kidding me? It's like, people were like, and, and, and we became friends. And, and he, they've tried everything in Haiti. And I remember he came and he said, tell me the vision that God gave you for the nation. And I told him we're going to get, God gave me a vision of when Ahab was getting ready to go fight, Ben-Hadad was the king of Syria. And Ben-Hadad had a huge army. And Ahab, he's going to go out and God calls him. Ben-Hadad came to Ahab and said, I'm going to take your wife. I'm going to take your children. I'm going to take everything you have. Just like Satan, come to kill, steal, and destroy. And Ahab's going to go fight him. And as he's walking out, he's, it's like David and Goliath. He's outnumbered. And as he's going out, the man of God came to Ahab, and Ahab said, how do I go against this great multitude? And that was my question. How do you go? Here's a nation. It's an official voodoo nation. They officially worship the devil. 
200 years. It's the poorest country. A, a pastor came in from Florida. He goes, Brian, Haiti is the land of broken dreams. Everybody tries to work in Haiti, and they go home with their tail between their legs. Amen? And so my question is, how do I do it? Lord, how? And the man of God told Ahab, he said, it's by the young leaders in the different provinces that you will be able to muster an army to go against this great multitude. God gave me a vision to get a facility in the capital, identify a small group of young leaders, and then train them up, make disciples. We get in there, we have five Calvary pastors every week that teach these guys. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges. We just teach them the Word of God. For three years, they sit there. They don't have to do anything. All they, they don't have to work. They don't have to, all they have to do is read the Word, memorize Scripture, and serve the Lord and preach the Gospel. We'll take care of everything else. And then in three years, we take that guy and we send him into a voodoo village. <laughs> And he's able to go, it is written, it is written, it is written. <laughs> oh, man. I'm like, I'm glad he's going in there, not me, man. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> Some of the stories we get, oh, man. Calls, a lot of calls they get, man. They're, they're, they're cursing me. They got stuff going on. And I got to remind them, man, hey, no weapon formed against you will prosper. If they, hey, if he's hungry, feed him. If your enemy's hungry, feed him. Preach the gospel to him. And then they stop calling for a while. Amen? <laughs> Don't leave. Right? Don't leave your ground. That's the ground you were called to. I don't even know the names of places in Haiti. They have to tell me. At the end of three years, Pastor Brian, God called me to go to Miraguan. Because if it's not like that, they're going to be gone. Amen? It's got to be the Lord. And it's, it's so amazing. This minister of religion, he came to me when we got in there, and he said, listen, tell me the vision God gave you for our nation. And I told him the vision. He goes, I believe this vision is from God, and this is the vision we're going to implement, and I'm going to help you. See, the government's tried everything. The United States has given billions of dollars. They've tried everything, and everything fails. Everything gets worse. And he said, I believe this vision is from God, and this is the vision we're going to implement. You know, he had soon, after that, had gone home to be with the Lord, and the family dedicated the Haiti Bible Training Center for the vision that he believed in. Amen? <laughs> we're, this, I'm telling you this unless it's the Lord unless it's something where you just go it's the Lord in Haiti it's not going to work so it's interesting when I call Paul it's funny he always says ancient of days <laughs> we must have done a study when we were in Haiti <laughs> let's see let's look at that passage ancient of days amen it's, it's interesting. It's in Daniel 7. And I love this passage. In Daniel chapter 7, Daniel has a vision. And, and the first, what he sees in the vision, he says, After this I saw in the night vision, and behold, a fourth beast dreadfully 
and terribly and exceedingly strong. It had huge iron teeth and was devouring and breaking in pieces, trampling the residue with its feet. It was different from all the beasts. So the first thing, one of the Daniel sees this beast. It's a picture of Satan. Just, just destroying everything in its path. And, it, and then the, the next thing he sees, I love this. This is what we talk about when I call Paul. It's the vision of the Ancient of Days. It says, the Ancient of Days, I watched till thrones were put in place, and the Ancient of Days was seated. His garment was white as snow, and the, and the hair of his head was as pure wool. His throne was a fiery flame, its wheels a burning fire. A fiery stream issued, it came forth, and before him a thousand thousands ministered to him. Ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The court was seated and the books were open. That's a picture of the Father on the throne. The Ancient of Days. Listen, there is nothing. There's one thing I've learned in Haiti. There, we've been in situations, it was so terrible and so bad. that I said, God, if you can fix this, if you can fix this, you can fix anything. And he's fixed it. Listen, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord will deliver you from them all. Hey, listen, the Ancient of Days, I love that. It's a picture of the Father. And because of Jesus, when Jesus said it's finished and the veil was torn from top to bottom, now you and I have access. We can come boldly into the throne room of grace to obtain mercy and find help in our time of need. Listen, our help comes from the Lord. You don't really, you know how it is. You don't really need the Lord until all of a sudden you're in a situation. Oh, and that's what I like about Haiti. You're always in a situation. <laughs> oh, man, just start praying, dude. I didn't even realize one of the guys I met, dude, are you praying all the time? I didn't even realize I'm praying, dude. This is crazy, right? So you get the picture of the, I love this, the Ancient of Days on the throne. And then it says, I watched in the night vision, and behold, one like the Son of Man coming with the clouds of heaven. He came to the Ancient of Days. They brought him near before him. Then to him was given dominion and glory and the kingdom that all peoples, nations, languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom the one which shall not be destroyed. Jesus. Revelation 19, coming in the clouds of heaven. Amen. But this is what I like. This is, what, this is what I need. I want to remind you of today. It says, I was watching in the same horn, that beast, that fourth beast was making war against the saints and prevailing against them. How many times do you think you're losing? Right? You're losing. There's no way. This is, look, everything's broken. Everything's a mess. Everyone's fighting. This is terrible. Right? How can anyone fix this? The horn was making war against the saints and prevailing against them. And then it says, until the Ancient of Days came and judgment was made in favor of the saints of the Most High and he gave them the kingdom. <laughs> Do you realize that's how it works? It's like being in a football. You're in the Super Bowl. You're losing 60 zip. There's two minutes left. You're like, let's just get out of here. Right? This is going to be humiliating. We lost. It's over. And then the ref comes and says, you guys win. You lose. Lake of fire. 
Here's a trophy. <laughs> the horn was making war against the saints and prevailing against them until the Ancient of Days came. And judgment was rendered in favor of the saints of the Most High, and he gave them the kingdom. Listen, we always win. Weeping may endure in the evening, but joy comes in the morning, right? Man, and that's, that's one thing i got to remind our guys. Just keep praying, man. Pray. Men ought to always pray and not lose heart. We're going to see a miracle. Listen, 95% of all organizations have left. The U.S. State Department issued a warning. Oh, everybody out. Get to the embassy. Get to the airport. We're, the embassy closed. It's gone. Get out. They call, what are we going to do? People go, are you still there? Of course we're still there, dude. We're not going anywhere. We're just getting started. Amen? It's amazing. We're getting stuff. Missions leave. They're like, you need beds. You need bunk beds. You need... We're like, bring it on, dude. Stock it up. We're just getting started. You know, I think about when Paul wrote to Timothy, right? He says, Timothy, remain in Ephesus. For the time will come where they will not endure sound doctrine. But you, Timothy, preach the word, convince, rebuke with all lungs. Remain there. He must have got word that Timothy's packing up, right? <laughs> I'm leaving. <laughs> I tried to get out of Haiti a couple. I remember being in Haiti. It was so bad, right? I remember taking my little suitcase. And I'm going, this is it. I'm leaving. Oh, man, it's been nice. I'll just go back to the church and... Maybe Pastor John will let me work in the children's ministry. I can blow up balloons or do face painting or something. This is terrible, man. I can't take this anymore. I remember a couple of times putting my stuff in my bag, and it's like, Lord's like, where are you going? The cloud's not moving for you. It's like, ah. <laughs> Timothy, remain in Ephesus. Man, you know it says in Psalms 37, dwell in the land. And feed on his faithfulness. When David described his mighty men, there was a man that stood in the field. You hold your ground. God's given you the, every place the sole of your foot to tread upon. God has given you. Don't leave until God tells you to leave. We were in Haiti. We had the family. Man, it was crazy. Yeah, every, they're burning every car on the road. The gunshots. Level four travel warning. I go, man, we got to get the, my wife's going, maybe we need to get the kids out of here. Like, man, what do you mean? <laughs> get the kids out? Well, the kids almost got kidnapped. <laughs> I told my wife, don't go anywhere without the security guard, right? Don't go anywhere without him. <laughs> they were cruising around without the, I go, don't go anywhere. They came up to a roadblock with fires in the road, and the people started smashing the windows, trying to get the kids. She was in one, one area, she said 25 people got kidnapped in the area she was at. <laughs> you know, you gotta drive around in the back seat like this, right? <laughs> We're gonna, oh man, come on, Lord. And, and they, they started smashing out the back windows. Our security guard gets out, and bam, 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 shoots, winging them past their head. And they keep coming. Dude. He puts another clip in. Bam, 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 bam. And finally they went back. 
The kids came home, Dad, Dad, Manini, McKinney, pop, 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 and all the shell cases. They're laying on the floor, bam, 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 McKinney, McKinney, McKinney. Oh, yeah. What are you talking about? Oh, man, it wasn't good. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Your help is from the Lord, man. <laughs> All right, stay in, kids. Everybody indoors now, right? I mean, we're talking scary, right? The gospel. The gospel's literally saved my life. I'm saying the gospel has literally saved my life. I always knew in my mind, whenever you get in trouble, preach the gospel. Because listen, angels are ministering spirits sent forth to those who will obtain salvation. You want angels to come and help you? Start preaching. And I remember the students or the pastors were showing me these YouTube videos of this place called Corte Bouquet. Out of many, you guys might have heard in the news a while back where the 17 missionaries from Haiti were kidnapped. That was in Cordoboquet. This place is a war zone. Every building's burnt, cars are burnt, gangs walking around with guns. You, it's a no, you don't go there. And so one of the pastors in the morning, on a Sunday morning, asked me to come and preach at his church. So I drove like 45 minutes, didn't even think about it. We drove out to his church. We have a little UTV. We drove out there and I preached. And after the message, we heard writing starting. And whenever there's writing starting, you got to get in because it goes from bad to worse. And so we get the word, you know, manifestations, writing starting. So we're like, get in, let's go. And so we take off, and we can see the mountain where Cross the Light is, and we're working our way to Cross the Light. And up ahead, the, the street's on fire, and everyone's running this way. We're like, oh, no. So then we got to cut down a dirt road. Then there's another block, fires, burning, gunshots. And I'm like, oh, man, we're in trouble. We're too far away. So for like an hour, we're going down roads. We have no idea where we're at. We're driving, it's getting worse, it's getting worse. And all of a sudden, we popped out in an area. And as we popped out in the area, I couldn't believe it. It was Cordoba K. I said, oh no, oh no. The minute we popped out, man, boom, within two minutes, the gangs had us. They were in the back of the UTV, everybody's locked. Oh, I'm like, you gotta be kidding. This is like, a, oh no. Critical mistake, right? We blew it, man. I knew it. They drove us over to the headquarters. There's like 20 gang members. Just the week before, there was a, a van of, of doctors, and they shot them up, shot the doctors in the neck. I knew we were, this is terrible. They got us. They got us. And so we're there. And it's getting worse. More are coming. Now there's like 30 of them. They reach in. One of the gang members pulls the key out of the UTV. And our security guard hits his hand. And, and he, the key falls. Well, we get the key, but the, it's like a motorcycle key, but now it's bent. Oh, no. So he hands me the key. And while they're screaming and fighting, I'm straightening the key. 
I finally got it to turn. I thought it was going to break, but I had it. And man, it's, this was the worst situation I've ever been in. This is like, this, they're not going to let us go. Our security guard has a gun. He's sitting on it, but everyone, we're outnumbered. These guys have, these have high-powered rifles, everybody, right? And man, I was with our, one of our students in the middle, Samuel. He was scared to death. We were scared. And then all of a sudden, this thought came to me. Preach the gospel, right? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I mean, 20 minutes. Oh, yeah, I forgot, right? <laughs> I forgot. But, you know, the thing is, I've been in Haiti for 10 years, and the only thing that I've learned, people are like, you know the language? I go, no. The only thing I've learned is the gospel. <laughs> I can preach the gospel, right? That's it. People come up and ask for directions, and I'm like, tout m'en fait pache par rivédo, par manger, Jésus crucifié sous quoi pour nous? My wife's like, that's not what they asked. I'm like, it works. They leave happy, right? Everybody gets the gospel. That's all I know. Jésus remet one pill. Jesus loves you, right? So I go, oh, man. So I remember this thing, the craziest situation I think I've ever been in. And all of a sudden, man, the Spirit of God came upon me. I looked at the main guy, and I told him, Tout men fait pache arrive to by bonjay. We've all sinned. Jésus crucifié sous quoi pour nous? Accepte Jésus. Jésus ressuscité. And I just, all, everything I knew, I don't even know how it came out. I was just scared to death. And all of a sudden, it was the most amazing thing it was this craziest situation, and all of a sudden, you, everyone put their guns down. You could just hear a pin drop. They were like deers in the headlight. Just, man, I just kept going. I was looking at the main guy, Jay-Z Ramel. Jesus loves you. He died for your sins. Repent. Call on his name. And I remember the main guy looks at me. He goes, and this crowd opened up and let us go through the Red Sea. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. If we, I got home and laid on my bunk for about four hours going, Lord, that was unbelievable, man. That was, uh, there must have been angels there. That was amazing, Lord. You totally 100% saved our lives. Amen? Benny Swati Tunnel. I love it, you know. Unless it's a miracle. Just recently, ever since I've been in Haiti for 10 years, there's an organization called the Harvest Food Bank. And they're in Port-au-Bouquet, where those gangs were. So the, they had to shut it down. They had no access to that warehouse. And so, but for 10 years, Harvest Food Bank, anyone that was doing any kind of a... a a food feeding program, Harvest Food Bank. Every organization was getting food from Harvest Food Bank. For 10 years, they never gave me one bag of rice. I would call them. There was this tight-knit group of people. I couldn't get a bag of beans. I couldn't get anything. Never. Not one bag of beans, not one bag. I tried and tried, man. Never, right? They never gave me anything, right? And so anyway... A couple months ago, the pastors are calling me, Pastor Brian, man, 
We got a level one emergency. There's no food. The, the road that I just told you about where those gangs are in Cordoba Bouquet, that's the road to Dominican Republic where they would bring in food. The port has been taken over by gangs, so all shipments stopped. The city of Port-au-Prince is seeds. There's no food. The, the grocery stores are empty. The open markets are empty. Rice went from 22 bucks a bag to 80 bucks a bag, but there is none. People are starving. There's no gas. Uh, they have cholera. So downtown, they have reverse osmosis factories and the trucks pick up the clean water, take it to distribution points. But since there's no fuel, no water to the distribution points. And so there's cholera outbreaks. People are drinking water from the gutters. And so these pastors are calling me, saying, Pastor Brian, man, we have, we have ladies coming into the church with five kids bawling. What do I do? We have another pastor told me a lady came into the church and just passed out. They're all around, man. They're just, it's a famine. The UN three months ago said that Port-au-Prince is the most dangerous place on earth. Forget Ukraine, forget whatever. Gangs took over 80% of the city. Kidnapping up 300%. And so they're like, what do we do? I go, we got to pray. Man, we got to call on the ancient of days. We got to pray, man, right? Hey, listen, now's the time to prayer. You know, I love it. Um, I'll show you. We got a picture of the guys that we've trained. It's like, these are the guys we've trained in the last 10 years. This is my prayer team. I call them up, start hitting the deck, man. Pray. Everybody pray. They're called up, calling back. We're fasting and praying. We're doing three nights of prayer and fasting. Every, I mean, they're fasting. I mean, they have nothing. They don't have anything, right? And so anyway, everybody's praying. And so all of a sudden, I, I don't know, it was like a week later, I'm across the line. I get this call from this guy named Jerry. It's an old, this older guy. And he goes, hey, Brian, how are you, man? I heard about you. I go, yeah, Jerry. He goes, tell me, tell me more about what you're doing. I go, we're making disciples. And we're planting churches and voodoo villages, and we're preaching the gospel. He goes, oh, man, that is so amazing. And I was telling him how we love Israel. We fly Israeli flags above our compound. He goes, I just went to Israel. Oh, man, and we just have this awesome conversation with this guy. And so he's like, so you're still there? I go, yeah, we're still here. So about a, a while back, the police in our area didn't have a headquarters. So they would sleep in their car. They would be like a four-door truck. They would all sleep in there. You know, they got their Cavalier helmets, bulletproof vests are in there. And I told the security guard, let them come in. He goes, are you serious? I go, look, it's a travel warning. Let them sleep in here. Romans 13, right? And so he goes, are you sure? I go, yes. So the last time he told me, I go, how many cops are in there? He goes, we got 28 cops staying with us at night. <laughs> I go, that's pretty cool. He goes, yeah, we got five teams of 28. And so anyway, it's amazing because armed security in Haiti is really expensive. And the neighbors came and go, man, Pastor Brian must pay so much money for security. Look at this, dude. I mean, here they come. Right? Boom, 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 right? 
<laughs> I'm serious. And we'll have a domestic dispute down the road. They come to the gate. Oh, Pastor Brian, can you please send a police officer over? I go, hang on, let me see what I can do. <laughs> I go, hey, I'm serious. So I'm telling Jerry, he goes, is it safe where you're at? I go, well, we got 28 cops staying with us tonight, Jerry. I go, it's the safest place in Haiti. I go, we passed out a half a million Bible tracts, tons of Bibles. I go, this place is cleared. They consider our area the safest place in Haiti. They, they, they said that. Hey, they want all of Haiti to be like where we're at, Delmas. Samaritan's Purse just packed up and moved right down the street, right next door. <laughs> it's safe. I go, here we go, man. It's just getting there is a little rough. But once you get there, it's nice. And so this Jerry, I'm telling him all this. He goes, that is the most amazing thing I've ever heard, Brian. And so when I hang up, I didn't even know who Jerry was, right? I go, that was, that was an awesome call, right? So all the guys, man, we're praying, we're praying, man. Nothing yet, right? It's like, hey, you know, Daniel prayed for 21 days and Gabriel was held up, right? I go, keep praying, man. It's coming. And so then all of a sudden, about four days later, I get a call. It's Jerry. It's in the morning. He said, Pastor Brian. He's all worked up. I go, yeah, Jerry. He goes, man, I got, a, I got an emergency. I go, what is it, Jerry? He goes, we just got a 40-foot container out of the port. There's no place to put it. The gangs are going to get it. He goes, can you receive it? I go, you want me to have the cops come over and pick it up? He goes, yeah, can you do that? I go, yeah, Jerry, no problem. Where's it at? So, hey, listen, Jerry called me in the morning. Two hours later, we got a 40-foot container pulling in, $64,000 worth of food, 280 individual meals, 15,000 pounds of peanut butter. I'm like, huh, I'm like, you got me. Hey, you remember when Elijah, there was a famine in Samaria, right? And Elijah goes, tomorrow, man, there's going to be an abundance. And the one guy, even if God were open the windows of heaven, that couldn't be. There's no way there's going to be food in here, right? He goes, you're going to, it's going to happen, but you won't see it. That guy got trampled as the crowd was running out to get it. I call the pastors. Guys, come on in, man. Get your loaves. Come on. Food's for and Jerry's like, start feeding the people. I go, man, I love this Jerry guy, right? He's like, feed them, man. I go, Jerry, the pastors are coming in. Every one of them. I mean, they, they had no time, right? I think it was there by 10 o'clock. They were there by 2 or 3. <laughs> Here they go. I mean, they're hungry, right? I go, man, that's amazing. So then Jerry calls me back, right? I go, man, Jerry, who, you know, he goes, listen, I got another one. I got another container. I go, you're kidding. You got, he goes, you got another one? He goes, yeah. He goes, let me ask you. He goes, can you get it out of the port? I go, yeah, we can get it out of the port. He goes, you can get the container out of the port? I go, yeah, we can get it out of the port. <laughs> he goes, I'll ship it. It'll be there in two days from Miami. Another, another 40-footer, right? So I ask our security. I go, we can get it out of the port, right? Take them. The cops aren't even allowed down there. The gangs have taken over the port. I go, we got to get it out of the port. I told him we could get it out of the port. He goes, I so, so he ships it. 
Oh no, now we gotta try. Now the the ancient of days, help, right? Help if we oh no, right? So we finally get a driver. We get a driver who's crazy enough that's going to go down there and get it, right? We paid him. We gave him, like, triple pay, right? I'll do it. So this guy goes in there with his truck. He gets down into the port. And so they're in there for, like, two hours. So we're all, everybody's praying, dude. I go, everybody, man. And so everybody's praying, man. We need a full-blown miracle. Because the minute the container comes out, the gangs are like, they shoot the driver, throw him out, and take the truck. And so the guy takes, there's like an hour or two delay trying to get a crane to get the container on his truck. They finally get it. I go, okay, guys, this is it, man. Oh, man, everybody pray. He's coming out, right? It's either going to be really bad or really good, right? And so anyway, as he's getting ready to come out of the port, all of a sudden, literally all hell broke loose. It was like firefight. And the guy's on the phone. No, nah, I'm leaving, dude. I'm leaving the truck. I'm leaving everything. I'm going to go over the back fence. I'm hiding. No, it's off. It's off. There's no way. We're like, oh, man. Unbelievable, man. You know, that was crazy out there, right? And then like an hour later, he calls back. He goes, hey. I just stuck my head out the port. There's no one on the streets. It's totally quiet. I'm going to go for it. And the guy gets in the car, <laughs> like 90 miles an hour. <laughs> Makes it in. Here we got another one. Beep, 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 beep. I go, what happened? As I, I asked Watson, our drunk, what happened, dude? What happened? They go, you're not going to believe this. I go, what? He goes, a tank came and parked in front of the port. That was all the noise. It sat in front of the entrance of the port, and, and all the gangs ran for their life. And that's why the street was clear. I go, a tank? I go, there is no tank. I've never seen a tank. He goes, a tank. I go, listen, before I tell people, he goes, it's a tank, Pastor Brian. We've confirmed there's a tank in front of the port. And I'm like, they would never just send one tank. It would be a convoy of tanks down there. This is... I'm like, I called our office. I go, hey, God sent a tank. I go, what? I go, I'm telling you, man, there's a tank. It's confirmed. That was all the noise. He cleared the roads. I'm like, man. Jerry goes, that was amazing. You got that thing out of there quick. I go, Jerry, I didn't get that thing out. Don't give me any glory, man. All glory to God, Amen. The Lord got that thing out. You don't even know. He knows. He's been working. I go, so, Jerry, what do you do? What do you do? He goes, I go, where are you from, Jerry? What do you do? He goes, he goes, uh, he goes Brian, we're, we're, I'm the director of West Coast Food Distributors. We're the biggest food distributor on the West Coast. He goes, we've been, we've been the ones supplying Harvest Food Bank for the last 10 years. He goes, we were going to stop working in Haiti, but we're so excited about you. We're, we're sending everything to you now. You're Harvest Food Bank. I go, you're kidding, Jerry. Are you kidding me? I got the guys from, Har from Harvest Food Bank calling me that never gave me a bag of rice for 10 years. Hey, Brother Brian, how are you, man? 
good, how's your family? <laughs> oh, you, I know, you rotten. You never gave me that. I'm like, tell them a security guard, give them some food, man. Those little connivers. <laughs> give them some food, man. <laughs> Amen. Oh, we got so much food. He just called me two days ago. You ready for another one? I go, oh, man. We got so much food, you wouldn't believe it. They stop in the famine, they stop feeding the prisoners. It look, in the prisons, it looks like the Holocaust. The, they're dying, and they pull the bodies out, their skin and bones. And so... I'm like, man, you know, Matthew 25, it says, when I was in prison, you visited me. Someone just donated us 150,000 Bibles. Amen. That came out like two days after the tank came. And we didn't even worry about that. I go, hey, let them take the Bibles, man. They need them. <laughs> That's what they're for anyway, right? <laughs> so don't even, and that thing just came right out. No problem with the Bibles, right? They actually, the gangs opened it. <laughs> You want one? <laughs> it's going to probably burn a hole in your hand, huh? You want it? No, they thought, what are they? The Bible. <laughs> Get that thing out of here. Get it out of the area. <laughs> I was like, let them take the Bibles, right? But we got the Bibles quick. So I go, I got, a, I got an idea. Listen, now we got 30,000 pounds of peanut butter. These guys are starving Let's go into the prisons. We'll give everybody a jar of peanut butter and a Bible. <laughs> Amen? <laughs> Amen. It was last week or so. We go to the prison, right? We first they call this director guy. Oh, no, 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 no. You can't get into the prison. It's a humanitarian crisis. They don't want anybody to see what's going on. It's not going to happen. I go, really? Load the peanut butter up in the truck, Right? Listen, these guys are starving. We got peanut butter. <laughs> Loaded up. It was amazing. We go to the prison. The guy that opens the gate knows our security guard. They used to work on a security detail. Oh, bro, well, I love you. Hey. I'm like, oh, this is looking good, right? We come in. They go, you can't come in. We'll take the peanut butter, but you can't come in. I go, nope. With no peanut butter. We give you the peanut butter, but we got to preach the gospel. I can't do it. I can't do that. Okay, let's go, guys. All right, okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> we give them a Bible, and we pre give them the peanut butter, and we preach. All right, come on in. We preach the gospel, man. I think that's going to hold them over to the famine until they get saved. Amen? Oh, man, I love that. The women's prison. When we were there unloading the peanut butter this police officer was a woman in like a, a, a like a high-ranking uniform was taking a pregnant lady out she was having a baby one of the women prisoners since and they got her in an ambulance and they said you guys that she doesn't have a family can you guys help us you know with the she needs money to deliver the baby so everybody pitched in and gave the lady some money she goes, thank you so much, and they left. When we were done, I said, hey, how do we get into the women's prison? Oh, that ain't going to happen, man. You would, need, you would need an authorization from the director of the women's prison. I go, give me your number. 
all right. So they find out how I get her number. I call her. We call her. She goes, hey, I'm the lady that you guys just gave the money to to help the lady over at the prison. She goes, she goes hey, can you guys do us a favor? We go, what do you need? She said, the, the lady's not going to have her baby. So we, the ambulance left, and we need a ride back to the prison. I go, here we come. We jam over and pick her up, driving her back. She goes, man, you guys are the nut. Anything you need, what do you need? I go, we want to get in there to the women and preach right now. We got Bibles and peanut butter. She goes, no problem, anytime. Come on in. <laughs> hey, God will open a door no man can close. Now we have access to the prison. They're like, when are you coming back? Well, we still got 29,000 pounds of peanut butter. We'll probably be back next week. This is a great ministry, amen? <laughs> and if Jerry gets that other one, then we'd have 40,000 pounds of peanut butter, man. Just, you know, there's a place in Haiti. It's, uh, it's called City Soleil. It's one of the, you can Google it, City Soleil in Haiti. It's one of the top five slums in the world. When the UN did the report and said it's the most dangerous place on earth, they're talking about City Soleil. In the earthquake, the prison fell, and all the prisoners went into City Soleil. A wall of the prison fell out, and they went in there. And the government announced that they were able to capture 3% of the prisoners. Amen. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> 97 are in there. 97% still in there. You got three, huh? And no one's got ID, so who knows? They probably got the wrong 3%. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm like, man, you got this. And so I always wanted to get a church in City Soleil. I mean, this is the, the poorest place on earth. Oh, I had two guys. Two guys, and I trained them, man, for three years. And I remember at the end of three years, they just ran for their life when it was time to go. And I go, ah. Oh. There were two guys from City Soleil. They go, man, we're never going back in there, right? I go, I don't blame you, right? I got this other guy. His name's Israel. His grandma raised him in City Soleil since a little baby. He stayed across the light for six years. Six years, man. I poured into that guy. This is my only hope left, right, before the rapture to get a church in City Soleil. I remember he started a little church in front of Cross the Light and the lady kicked him off of that. He went into another lady's backyard. The lady, another lady kicked him out of there. He had his little ministry team. I lost contact with him for a few weeks, and he came back over. I go, where are you guys now? I heard you're getting booted out of every place. He goes, we've been going into City Soleil. I go, you're kidding. No. He goes, we love it. They get, I go, you're kidding. And so anyway... He started the only Bible teaching church in City Soleil. The gangs love him. The gangs, I guess, know him. They, he's the only guy that can distribute food, make bread. Distribute, one of the guys only distribute water. The gang leaders allow him to work there. We could never go in there. One time, he would ask me, are you coming to preach at our church? Nah. <laughs> nah. <laughs> we'll do Zoom. <laughs> I remember he goes... I remember one time I go, okay. He goes, okay, you said yes. Let your yes be yes. You said you're coming. Oh, man. I went to our armed security. I go, hey, bro, Sunday, 
I'm going to City Soleil, man. You're going to take me, right? <laughs> it's a lawful order. <laughs> He's not going, right? No one's going. I couldn't get anybody to drive me over there. Finally, I got a little tap-tap driver. I don't know. I gave him triple pay or something. He goes, okay, I'll do it. I'll do it, right? I laid down in the back of his truck, and he, he stand, down, 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 right? and he drives me into the church, right? <laughs> I get out of the church, I run in, it's a Sunday morning, I'm preaching, and, and I look outside the church, it's a huge gang of rocks, sticks, I mean, I'm like, wow, you know? And all of a sudden, the tap-top driver runs in. Come on, let's go, let's go, let's go. I go, well, that concludes the message. God bless you guys. All right. <laughs> we jump in the car. <laughs> that was the last time I preached in City Soleil, amen? <laughs> so he goes, but he's got this Bible set. Oh, it's amazing. I'm like, if there's one place on earth that God would love a church, man, if there's a river that flows through Port-au-Prince and it dumps into City Soleil, it's a, just, oh, all the trash. So I go, how much can we get a piece of property there for? And so he's that. So he finds a piece, you know, it's like location, location, right? He finds a piece of property in, in, in City Soleil, 1700 bucks. <laughs> the owner's like, are you sure you want it, man? Really think about it. <laughs> It took them two weeks to clean the trash out of that place. And they built a beautiful church right in City Soleil. Amen. It was amazing. Jerry, Jerry, who sent me the food, he knows Haiti. He's been working there 10 years. I sent him a picture of a massive feeding program. He goes, where's that at? I go, City Soleil. City Soleil? What are you doing in City Soleil? I go, dude, that's, that's where we got to, the only, we're the only ones there. He goes, that's amazing. Send me some more pictures. I'll send you some more food. <laughs> oh, man, I love it. I love it. We got a picture of, I'll show you what our churches look like. The churches, man, with all the famine. Got a, do you got a, a picture of the inside of the church, Paul? We, uh, the churches, um, yeah, they're packed. The people have nothing else to do. Rather hear a good word, get their eyes on the Lord, call upon the Lord. Every church is packed, man. The people are so, they are so open right now. Man, last week, uh, the week before that, we passed out 20,000 Gospel of Johns in like five days straight in our evangelism truck. We got this truck. I think we got a new evangelism truck. I wish I had a picture of it, but it's a box truck. It's, we, we got a new one. We just got a new one. And it's, uh, we cut the sides out of it. And we put a massive sound system in it. We call it's like our urban assault vehicle, right? <laughs> I would never go into some of the gang areas except for the, with this thing. Oh, man. It's like, who shall be first to fight against the Canaanites? Judah, right? Praise shall go in first. We get the praise and worship, and we pull that thing into the gang areas. Our God is an awesome God. And they're like, they, can't even, they, don't even, they can't even figure it out. What are these guys doing? And then we start preaching the gospel, man. Oh, it's awesome, dude. I'm telling you, it's awesome. That thing, I love that. The evangelism vehicle. That's like, 
when you come on a mission trip, that's like the double portion package. <laughs> you take that thing out. <laughs> I was telling the guys last night, there's a gang leader that's he's been stealing property and he's on the news. They had a talk show about him. All these people were talking about him. That he was in prison. He just got out of prison. And, and so anyway, we were talking about this guy, how he's going to get killed. They're, they're going to kill him. He stole property from people in 80, and they've already. And so anyway, we're in the evangelism vehicle about 10 days ago, and we're sitting there, and all of a sudden, this vehicle comes skidding in front of the truck with tinted windows. We're like, whoa, what's this? And this guy gets out. He comes around to my window, and it's him. <laughs> I go, hey, how are you? <laughs> he goes, Pastor Brian, pray for me, man. Pray for me. I go, we were just talking about you, dude. You got to repent. I told our guys, he's got to repent, man. He's going to end up in the lake of fire. I go, man, you got to repent. You got to call on the name of the Lord, man. He goes, please, please pray for me. And he said, hey, can you come over to my headquarters? I go, nah. That's okay. Well, I'll just talk to you here, right? I don't need to come over there. Here's the Bible, right? Praise God, man. When he was in prison, we gave food to his kid. And he heard about it. Amen? You know, we're coming here to the end, but, you know, I just... We got to remember... It doesn't matter. I'm telling you, if there's one thing that I've learned in Haiti, Psalms 107 says, I will declare the mighty works of God. I will talk of all your wonders. Right? That's what God wants us to do. When, when the children of Israel came out, tell them how I parted the Red Sea. Tell them how I, made the water, I brought the water out of the rock. Tell them how I deal, dealt with Shion, king of the Amorites, or Osh, king of Bashan. Tell them, tell them what I did. And there's one thing that I've learned from being in Haiti in a situation like that is there is nothing too hard for God. And God is so faithful. He is faithful. And he will pull through. You, you, you're not going to see, you're not going to know, you're not going to know it's going to be Jerry calling you. You're not going to, you're, his ways are beyond us finding out. He's, he's going to, weeping may endure in the evening, but joy comes in the morning. But listen, he's going to pull through. I don't care what it looks like. Our God is on the throne. And listen, he made all the fish and all the birds on the fifth day in one day. Go to the zoo. Go look at some of the fish at the aquarium. One day. All the birds, all the fish. And, you know, you come with him and you're like, oh, whoa, problem. My alternator in the car. <laughs> really? There's no, it's no, there's no big problems with God. Listen, he measures the universe with the span of his hand. Your faith comes from the one who's on the throne. Amen. He's going to do it, man. Just get your eyes on the Lord. 
set your mind on things above and start calling upon the name of the Lord in your day of trouble. I don't care if it's a son. I don't care if it's an illness. I don't care what it is. Just call upon the name of the Lord. And that mountain that was in front of Zerubbabel, he goes, you go tell Zerubbabel that that mountain will become a plain. And it's all because of grace. He can do it. I could sit here for two hours and tell you of miracle after miracle. I'm going to finish with this one story. All of, we're out of water at the, at the Bible Training Center. There's no gas. There's no vehicles on the road. We're out of water. The, we, have, we have some pe- missionaries on the ground. The director comes to me because you're not going to believe this. We ran out of drinking water. I go, you're kidding. We have a 1,000-gallon tank. It lasts like two months, three months. I go, you're kidding. He goes, no. I go, dude, this is not good. That was on a Friday. The trucks, the water trucks that bring the water from the factory, they haven't left the yard for 30 days. They're all locked up. There's no diesel. We're sitting there on a Saturday. No vehicles on the road. Quiet as can be. And all of a sudden, in front of the Bible Training Center, wah, 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 wah. Like, what's that? Right? Usually when you get water, you call. They ask if you have the money with you. Once they confirm, then they come. All of a sudden, there's a truck in front. We open the gate. It's a water truck. He goes, let's go. He pulls in, gets the hose. And our director goes, hey. And the guy goes, hey, come here. This is what the driver says. Don't worry about it. This one is on us. He's like, what? Dude, never. No. Right? We, we, it's 1,500 gallons. The tank holds 1,000. So we have 500 people following the truck to fill their jugs. <laughs> the people see it when we get water. They, we give them a lot of it. So they fill the water. The guy's, hurry, let's go, let's go, let's go. Fills it and leaves. Monday, he calls the water company. He says, listen, we, we owe you for a truck of water. He goes, no, you don't. He goes, yeah, the truck dropped off a load of water Saturday. He goes, no, no trucks have left here in the last 30 days. We're shut down. We don't have gas. It's like, Watson, don't argue. We'll find out about that one when we get to heaven, right? God's in the water, right? No Amen. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for my brothers and sisters here. And, Lord, I I just pray for them, Lord. Increase their faith. Let them get their eyes upon you to call upon you in their day of trouble. And you said, I will answer them and show them great and mighty things. Lord, our help comes from the Lord, maker in heaven and earth. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thanks, bro. All right. All right. going to worship the Lord. If anybody would like prayer, we're going to have our prayer team up front. And um, just a lot of thoughts as Brian was talking. You see how important it is that they take the Bible literally and just do it. And a lot of times, I think for us, we just read it And we don't implement it and we don't walk by it. And because of that, we don't experience the power of God. 
the word of God is not just to be admired from a distance, but it's to be walked out. And when we walk it out, we too will experience the very real things that Brian was talking about today. So I encourage you also just to consider their ministry and prayer. And you can look up Cross Delight online if you want to donate and help support the work over there. But uh, let's keep Brian and Sophia and their family in prayer. And if you get a chance, say hello to them before we leave. So uh, if you want prayer, come on up and uh, let's worship the Lord before we leave. Yes. Okay. Pastor Brian said there are prayer maps out there for you to pick up so you can pray for the specific churches out there. That's very good. Thanks, Brian. All right. Let's worship the Lord.